On today's podcast, we speak with Gian Giannini. He is an artist based in LA. He started off his career at a fine art institute and moved into a career as a commercial artist for various studio projects. About a year ago, he decided to turn his personal art projects into a career. Here is his statement. A history of movement inspires my work. Dance, martial arts, and acrobatics have shown me the multitude of intentional and unintentional positions the body can take on. Through my work, I explore the ambiguity of gesture, inviting the viewer to interrogate how they inherently read and ascribe meaning to the physical body. I'm your host, Ethan. This is the Freeman Art Company Podcast. Let's get started. Anyways, dude, I really do love your art. It's uh, it's okay. it's simple, but it's fun. It's like it's creative whenever someone you know, some artists go really hardcore with like making it, you know, they make beautiful, really realistic type of, you know, sh- figures for humans. Uh, but whenever it's a little bit more expressive or whatever the words are, uh, it's a little more playful. And it's just crazy watching your video of just how, how quickly you just create fingers and mm-hmm. create the body. And then you're like, oh, you went around that way and created another <laughs> just like it's so it's so much fun to see that because I feel like it's it's so difficult for a normal person to do that. So first off, just want to say I love your art. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, absolutely. So when did you get started? So um, I basically started. I went to uh, like a two year art school out of college. So I I originally started um, uh, studying anthropology, oh, nice. and then. Yeah, uh, loved anthropology. Um, I actually got introduced to like thinking about art through a project that one of my professors put together, which was this uh, like human rights summit or something. Like they, everybody got together, they were going to describe like human rights violations all over the world, and the way that they wanted to do it was to create these like art books or zines or whatever. And so she got us all to do that and then i realized i was like wow like i really love drawing and you know like this is something that i used to do as a kid but never thought it was something that i would uh carry on in adulthood but then after that i was kind of like oh shit like i've gotta like i gotta really push this or really kind of uh, focus on making art because it's what kind of makes me happy so since then i went studied for two years uh it was a bit more of like a traditional like trade school type thing where it was a lot of uh, like foundational skills and then i left that college and started working as like a commercial illustrator okay. for a while uh so since like 2015 i've been doing like storyboards um uh illustration for, for like magazine editorial um and i still do actually a good amount of that but uh, in the past like year and a half or so, I've been trying to focus on my own kind of personal work, um, which has been kind of like the biggest thing for me. Uh, like, you know, I think when your work is associated with with like a job or like a client so often, um, like doing your own thing is so much more rewarding, you know? Right. Uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and you know, like the funny thing is that like, I never thought 
my kind of style or my kind of like uh, temperament with art was would be kind of like a thing or like people would appreciate it. Um, I just kind of just like kind of found refuge in doing it that way. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, you know, I just needed a break from drawing a bunch of like frames for commercial or frames for a TV series. So I started to draw kind of my own thing. And, um, and yeah, and it, from then it's kind of just been like a big blessing that I could do that. So <laughs> that's incredible. So how old were yeah. you when you, you were taking this class and you rediscovered? I was, uh, Oh, well that I was probably like 20, 21, I think when I first rediscovered kind of drawing. And then I went to school when I was 24 and then I started working as a commercial illustrator, I think in like my late twenties. Oh, that's awesome. And so yeah. how did you get in, how did you get into the commercial uh, illustration? Like how, what was the avenue? The avenue. So um, I think the first job, well, the first uh, kind of commercial illustration job I got in LA, I got through a, a good friend of mine who's a, um, a like a puppet fabricator. He's like a very talented puppeteer, uh, like artist in general, but he right. did a lot of stuff for um, for like stop motion and uh, puppeteering in the studio. And he had me just design like a, a suit or something like that. And that was one of my first gigs. And it was amazing. I was like, oh, wow, like people do this, like, you know, yeah, <laughs> for a living. This is so that's cool. That's very creative. Yeah. That's like the definition of a creative job. Creative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. And that was in LA for a movie or? Yeah, it was for a movie. It was called the movie. The movie was called Brigsby Bear. Um, it was a a film by Kyle Mooney, I think, um, and it was like a sci fi kind of indie film. Um, so, yeah, it sounds pretty. Yeah, indie. I haven't heard. I'm not a big movie aficionado. What was the name? Mm -hmm. One more time. It was called Brigsby Bear. Brigsby Bear. Okay, I'll yeah. have to look that up later. Uh, so yeah. from there, you just found more like more commercial pro uh, commercial projects or people start yeah. like outside of the film industry yeah so usually like i don't know my experience with getting work has always been like you work with a producer and that producer either likes what you do and then kind of refers you to another job and then it kind of is like a slow buildup of clients and so you know it's just to me it's always been just having good relationships with the people that you work with and you know you just have a higher likelihood that they recommend you for a job or want to bring you on for the next one and so that's kind of how it grew um making you know also uh, making good with directors and stuff like that that you uh work with previously um yeah okay and did you have you tried selling any of your art to them personally or are you trying to go go to them for more of the personal stuff or you're just keeping it strictly? Uh, well yeah well the personal stuff is is kind of like a, a separate thing and it's kind of been growing slowly um over the past year or so and that's been like a whole different journey man like i'm, I'm sure I don't know if everybody's talked about this on the podcast, but it's like, to me, it's a whole different deal when, when it's your work and your kind of like personal brand, it's your identity. Um, it's just like a, it's just a different process, you know, like a, a job is just somebody else's, you know, work and you're, you're kind of just hired on for your trade to do that. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's been a really cool, uh, process right now, actually been, um, kind of forming my kind of brand my identity my um, right. my art style um 
some of it consciously, but most of it subconsciously. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really go into art being like, oh, this is how my art's going to look, you know? <laughs> like, it's, a, it's actually kind of, um, I think, like a series of accidents that then you learn to appreciate and then it looks cool. Like, oh, wow. Like, people resonate with that? I actually really love that. And then your style kind of develops, I guess. So. Yeah, I know it's it's fun to it's fun to just look at all the photos. So whenever you're you're uh, excuse me, yeah, like Instagram photos of the things. Uh, mm-hmm. So whenever you're you're you start like the brush hits the canvas, you're just kind of going and seeing what happens for a lot of these. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, so basically, like a uh, the 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 style that I've been kind of working on or kind of pushing. It all started because I think earlier last year I was like. You know, I really want to push my personal work. How do I do it? Uh, let me kind of figure out an incentive system for myself. And so what I did was I was like, I'm going to draw something every day and just post it or, you know, share, share it with people. But it's got to be every day. I have to be happy with it. And that's it. And what that actually allowed me to do was kind of like, you know, screw up and and make the drawing I didn't like, but still like find an element that I did enjoy out of it and then kind of snowball that over time. And I think um, that's kind of what got me to feel more comfortable in my own skin when I paint. So now that when I paint, I just go straight into it. I'm like, okay, it's going to be what it is. I kind of like find the angle um, that it's starting to form into something. And then I like, I don't know, at the end of it, I'm like, whoa, that, that, I don't know where that came from, but... (laughs) that's uh you know it's inspired yeah exactly it's definitely uh, i don't know people talk a lot about flow state and i think that i don't know all the the kind of like uh scientific elements of it but i definitely do think that i'm obsessed with that you know right uh, getting to that flow state and kind of getting your environment primed and ready so you can get in and out of that so yeah absolutely so uh so what's been like your biggest biggest uh constraint or whatever to growing your brand outside of kind of defining your artistic style and kind of you know having Mm -hmm. that look that's uh super unique in terms of like you know finding customers or doing type of any type of online marketing or kind of what's been the biggest issue or an area that you're hoping to get better at for this year yeah for this year i think um to me I'm not like a big social media person, so it it doesn't come easy for me. Uh, but I do feel like the constraint that I do have is just the kind of consistency, right? Like you really do need to be posting consistently, like having a lot of content that then just gets pushed out into the platform. Some of it, you know, it, it's funny because I started out with consistency and now I'm having trouble again with consistency. Like I drew every day, but now it's like I got to post pretty often to kind of keep it going but um yeah it's a different consistency you got to do yeah (laughs) exactly it's a different connotation because it's a less fun one yeah yeah but um but i think that that's probably the only bottleneck i have like you know i i do like building relationships with uh with like i don't know clients or collectors or or customers um that's kind of my favorite thing about social media is that you get to meet so many cool people people um you find new reasons why your work inspires folks. And I think that that's kind of like 
the the biggest plus side i've met so many cool people online like this whole thing is is how we can contact through social media so I, you know i'm very grateful for that um yeah i think it you know definitely as a tool there's there's a lot of really great elements to it um but for yeah i mean i don't know it's it's a slow growth i i feel like i'm still kind of young in my art career um i kind of always try to find ways to improve so uh, we'll see what this year has. Yeah. One thing that I think is uh, pretty cool to just kind of, um, I mean, you got you to be pretty deliberate or lucky, but, but mm-hmm. either way, that's kind of started at a young age, but having a lot of exposure to something, especially mm-hmm. in a more uh, structured manner. So like you would, mm-hmm. you know, you went to a formal school, you learned the bait, like the fundamentals and did form, like, you know, types of paintings that you aren't privy to but you still did it mm-hmm. for like, the practice and learn totally and then you did it professionally and you've seen mm-hmm. the other side of it like you know as a one piece in this ginormous operation uh, or production mm-hmm. rather um it seems like in history all the everybody that got started early and had those types of uh formation processes they become whenever they they step out on their own it's like they I mean, they just have they're so much better equipped with an arsenal of mm. ways to handle in their environment and so especially mm. you having you know having such a like really a formal commercial career uh just i can't see how you want to be become really successful and make it easier for you to grow your brand you know personally once you kind of get all your ducks in a row um and you, you totally. know, onto a different level yeah like, that's that's really he was one of the, those people i'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, i'm sorry Dukes was one of those people that uh mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know this for a while, but I've always looked up to Jimi Hendrix just because he's such a badass and just so creative and so different with how he did everything. It was very revolutionary in a lot of ways. And uh, he started off in like playing playing guitar in different bands, uh, growing up with different types of music, and was you know just another person in the band. And I don't know how many bands he went through, but it was multiple years where it was very forming, very very formidable process. And once he uh, ventured off and started doing his own thing, he was able to add on this extra style and became Jimi Hendrix. But without that, without doing kind of the legwork to get there, uh, he would have never happened. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's really cool concept. I I really do like the, the idea that kind of like you want to sharpen your tool and then with that tool, you can kind of break all the rules and by breaking those rules, you kind of develop a style. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I think it's a little that there's a spectrum to that because I do appreciate a lot of artists like, you know, outsider artists or folks that like don't really have the connection to like what is mainstream, what is ma- like what is acceptable with certain things, because I kind of feel like oftentimes those those artists make super interesting work. May, they may not be appreciated at the time that they're making the art, but they do like create incredible uh, kind of new perspectives on how to draw a figure or whatever like I, you know like when you see a child draw like i don't know something a person oftentimes i'm like i i wish i drew it that way you know because i'm like there's i didn't think of it you know drawing a head in this weird you know oblong shape but it's really cool and um so there's elements like that that i think tie into your style like i think that um i think everybody has i don't know like I think people get obsessed with style. People are like, oh, like, how do I find a style? How do I find a voice in art? And to me, it's kind of a weird thing to say, because it's like you, you as a person, 
are unlike any other person. Like right. nobody has the memories you have. Nobody has the stories you have. Nobody has like the body they have. Like all those things are so unique that it's, to me, it's almost impossible to say that you don't draw with a style because like there's, like you know, drawing. yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, it's, it's new every time you make it. So to me, it's like, I think if you try to emulate somebody else, then you fall into this category of probably just like, you know, just doing a bad version of what that person does. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. But. Uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> I was going to say, if I were to copy you, it just look really bad, but it would be unique. Right. No, but then I would say that like you copying me might actually give you like, because, you know, you won't ever be able to draw exactly what I do, but you might find something in that copy that you did right. that was interesting. And right, exactly. Different. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You got to, uh, just like with you going to school. Right. Know, I don't even know the different types of art that you would be doing there, but yeah, I'd imagine that's, that's how it should be. You go through mm -hmm. a process and you pick up small little takeaways from, from everything, even if it's not for you, it's still mm -hmm. useful to go through those types of things. Yeah. So you've been, so you would say you've been trying to sell your own paintings for a year and a half. Uh, well, more so a year. Uh, like I, I've been making paintings for, for, uh, like probably the large scale paintings I've been making for a year, uh, just making smaller stuff, uh, the, the like earlier part of the year. But, um, but yeah, I've been selling them. I've been trying to do it all by myself. Um, uh, you know, I think it's a interesting conversation with folks about galleries and like how to kind of push your work out there. Um, personally, I'm just kind of like, Hey, there's all these, there's all this technology that exists that I can do it on my own. Um, right. You know, it just takes me a little bit of effort and, uh, and research, but, um, but yeah, I think in the long run, it's kind of a good investment. Right. Would you ever work with a gallery? If someone yeah. approached you and was like, yeah, I think I can. Definitely. Yeah. I just had a piece um, over the, it's called Zinc Contemporary in Seattle and uh, they just had, me for a show that they had this this month so congrats that's you know yeah thanks appreciate it did it, did, it, did anything come of it uh no i didn't as of right now i think today's the last day or yesterday uh i didn't sell my piece so it's still available um right. i'll probably put it on my site so <laughs> did they did they have to raise the price a good bit to hang it to make it work for them yeah usually they you know i think a lot of galleries do like 50 percent markup or something or a 50 percent commission which is, you know, wild. <laughs> it is wild. It is so <laughs> wild. It's 50%. And they just, they have a, a store and just says, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to underplay what they do. There's a lot of, obviously, mm -hmm. great parts of it. But yeah, no, it's wild. <laughs> it's yeah. 50%. Uh, but who knows? I mean, I don't know. That's art. This is just one, one reason why it's just so fascinating because you just think, like, I'm not an artist. And so you, mm -hmm. you just think about, how many different ways that you can sell art and just a whole like high-end version of galleries and all mm -hmm. that it's just a whole world onto its own self but yeah i think galleries are uh interesting the interesting uh player in the whole art scene and i think with covid everybody's definitely on on your boat with mm -hmm. trying to utilize social media and just talking to people and networking more and developing some type of protocol whenever you do sell a piece like following up and trying to get some leads from that and really like truly do you know, more sales um, yeah um 
you know, I think the cool thing about it is that you kind of have autonomy of like, you know, what your brand means and what your brand is putting out there. And like, uh, I think that that's kind of the cool thing about the kind of democratization of digital marketplace and all that stuff. I think it's, it's great. Um, uh, it's, you know, I think it's like, I don't know. I also feel like I'm learning so much in the process, like, you know, how to price my work, uh, um, how to follow up with, with, uh, customers, how to, um, kind of develop a kind of pipeline for them as they, as they look through your work. I'm still learning, you know, I think it's a, it's a learning process. Um, but, you know, eventually, like, I, I kind of feel like I, you know, want to develop a larger brand that outside of myself, which I'm kind of slowly doing this year. And, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting thing. Like, to me, it's more so I'd rather just make enough to be able to continue to do what I'm doing. You know, I'm not trying to make a, a gazillion dollars or whatever. I just, um, if this could be the only thing that I do, I'd be a very happy person. So exactly that's how i feel uh just like you're saying whenever you're doing something for yourself it brings out this whole different aspect and it just feels so much better it feels so much better than working for other people uh some people could do it and i mean you have to do it uh to Mm -hmm. an extent it's fun all around but there's just nothing like working for yourself you know and be able to pay for your own bills with something that you create and you manage your own time Mm -hmm. and your own like you know logistics uh, that's what I'm really hoping to do with Freeman Art Company as well. Mm-hmm. We'll see if we can get it started. Have you ever considered any like doing a um, rotating exhibit or like calling into commercial properties or working with designers to try to get your art to like through partnership channels to? Yeah, I'm definitely open to that. Yeah, um, you know, I'm happy to display my art uh, anywhere that that people are, would enjoy it. So yeah, um, I, th- I always thought that whenever I was right out of college i worked at a commercial real estate company and mm-hmm. um i'd actually just quit whenever i came up with this idea and but i was thinking you know about rentals basically like everything everything's as a service and i was like man why isn't fine art as a service just even mm-hmm. for individuals where i go onto this website and it shows you know some other kids that just graduated same boat as me but they make some art and i would love to go rent their art for 20 bucks but you go to coffee shop it's hanging up for free and it's probably not going to get sold so like might as well make 20 bucks a month on my wall and mm-hmm. um so that's where the idea kind of kicked off and then i was thinking and if you're a really good artist you have some good pieces you find a law firm and you rent out each piece for 100 bucks or so and you have six pieces i mean that's just extra money that can help fund your bills for creating more art i don't know Something like that. Yeah, and I'm sure it's kind of attractive for those companies too, because they can decide to chip, like swap it out or something like that, exactly. where they don't have to purchase an actual piece. That's that's interesting. It's been interesting doing the sales calls because everybody, because you're in sales trying to solve a problem, and everybody mm-hmm. really thinks that their art is a problem. <laughs> it's <so> boring. <laughs> it's been there forever. Like, yeah, we do need to switch it up, but I'm not. It's always I'm not the one in charge of that. And some silhouette mm-hmm. person in corporate, you got to figure out. Uh, but yeah, I think people like the idea overall. And I mean, they do it in the Northeast. There's places that do this, um, on the same scale that I'm trying to get to, but, uh, mm-hmm. there's nothing that I could see in Texas or yeah. anywhere West of the Mississippi, basically. That's well, I, I do also really like, cause it, you're, you're thinking of contracting local artists. Is that what you're saying to, to right. fill those walls? Yeah. That's incredible. Cause it's like, yeah. you know, you, you definitely are developing kind of like a 
kind of an ecosystem there where people can see, you know, like people get introduced to artists in the area, then it gets funneled to them and they, you know, have a new customer base. So that's, that's a really dope idea, man. Thanks. Yeah. That, I hope that is what happens. <laughs> artists, the artists want to, you know, they're always game to put their art on the wall and mm-hmm. be cool. Uh, and also we're looking at the, uh, into coffee shops. So that's what, um we're trying to see just overall just spread the seats out and see what what grows and kind of focus on that but uh coffee mm-hmm. shops you know there's no software out there that manages the art um for coffee shops that are trying to help sell it and earn a little commission um you know it, it equals like you sell one painting that's i don't know a week's worth of uh, coffee i don't know a day's mm-hmm. worth of I've also heard like heard of similar businesses where they will like hire an agency for murals. So like they have like a, you know, a group yeah. of artists that are part of that agency. I was going to ask if you've considered any murals because I saw that you had that really, really cool. It looks like, I mean, it paints it on, I don't know what exactly it is, but you're like it's on three walls, the ground, two walls. Mm-hmm humans i don't even know how to describe yeah yeah yeah. so that one was uh that was a commission for somebody's actual home or their um their adu and that was super fun like they they gave me two walls to work with and i thought of just kind of wrapping it around in an interesting way yeah um yeah and then that idea came originally from another mural i did over in venice and that one was super fun because it was like I can't even tell you how long the fence, like the the wall was, but it was like, you know, a, a third of an alleyway. And right. I went in, what? I, I was saying, yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. And I, I went into it being like, oh, yes. Yeah, because, you know, I have a, a cousin that does murals and I was like, yeah, like come and help me out. But I had no idea that it was going to take the time that it took. That long, yeah. They, no, yeah. it was just blow me away that people are like, yeah, no, I could do that. And just touching <laughs> the side of a building or something just ginormous. And it's like, man, your arm muscles have to be so tired. Yeah, very impressive. And then to be able to step away and it actually looks good and everything like worked out and the angles, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's like street skating, but for painting. <laughs> the, the fun part about it was that at first I was like, okay, you know, since it's a mural, I think I got to plan it out a little bit more. So I like tried to chalk it out. And then it was taking me too long. And I was like, all right, well, screw it. I'm just going to freehand the whole thing. And I just went and just took a day and just drew all the black lines, just, you know, kind of zoning out and uh, finished it much quicker that way. And I was like, all right, well, I just got (laughs) it. Flow stating in, zoning out, flowing in. Yeah, exactly. That's incredible. So are you trying to do more uh, murals or that? Yeah, definitely. Super open to murals. Um, I, you know, the funny thing is that this whole journey to me just started by me like having an obsession with like drawing much larger scale because mm-hmm. that there's something about just drawing at large scale that that is so appealing to me and fun. And, uh, and I don't know, I just like I feel like the drawings come out much better and uh, I feel less precious about it because there's just all this space. And so. Um, so, yeah, the, the mural came out of that and I was like, oh, yeah draw even bigger let's go yeah. yeah yeah that'd be cool to see some more murals i think that it's one of the coolest versions of art because you just you get to see it every day and it's just incredible yeah. how people can like i said just nail the color combinations on such a large mm-hmm. scale i mean it's like it's bigger than i mean it's just I don't know, it blows me away i know one girl that does it and she did a like pretty much a skyscraper i mean i don't know if you call it that but i mean it was like multiple stories like i don't want to exaggerate but every picture i've seen it looks like it's 
it's a whole lot of fruit stories. I'll try to find the yeah. photo, but I don't know, maybe pen stories. Like it just, it sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah. Still, you know, it, sounds it was like a hundred feet, you know, it was just ginormous. And uh, it was like one of our very first commissions too. It was somewhere in LA. So I'll try to find the photo of it, but yeah, it's absolutely over. crazy. Yeah, absolutely insane. Um, Those are wild too. Cause they definitely need to use like a, a lift, right? Like, Oh yeah, no, she was on a lift for days and like had mm-hmm. a big hat on, had sunscreen and was up for like eight hours just painting every day, getting storched in the sun with like the, you know, heat from the building or whatever. Yeah, pretty <laughs> crazy, pretty crazy. I guess LA is not that hot, but um, yeah, it just blows me away. So what's next? What's next? Yes. What's your goals for 2023? Where do you have to be like in a year from now? It's so funny because right before I jumped on, I found an old journal and I was looking through it and it was just, it was me writing goals uh, for the last year. And I was like, whoa, like, it's funny reading it again because I was like, I I didn't realize that I wanted to do all those things because I guess you forget over time. But but yeah, it's funny to know that like at least a good amount, like a good amount of them was, was succeeded this year. And I was like, wow, like. That's there is kind of there's something to writing your goals down. I haven't yet. I actually kind of avoided doing the whole like a New Year's resolution because I was like, I'm already doing what I need to do. I just need to yeah. kind of like keep doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. Uh, but I guess I, for me, it's more like personal goals. Um, just, you know, kind of like growing more uh, personally, like I'm trying to become a bit better at um managing my time, managing, uh, my like energy expenditure, being able to say no to things. That's like a really big difficulty with me. I'm kind of like a super chill, free flowing guy. Right. And, uh, like that's I kind of have it. Yeah. Oh, uh, all the time, all the time, <laughs> dude, trust me, man. Like that's one thing I, you know, luckily I have a lot of supportive people that, uh, you know, help me say no and do better at it. Um, but it's, you know, it's not something that come natural to me i think uh i'm a bit more of like a negotiator like somebody that likes to kind of like you know navigate whatever the situation is make it work um but but sometimes it doesn't work that way right you know like when things come in and flood in like you have to be able to prioritize things and also prioritize your own time um i think that's one big thing um i think i i learned this year is like no one's going to uh, take the time out of the day for you. Like you have to do that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like all these things are going to come flooding in like jobs, opportunities or whatever. But like, if you can't be like, Oh, well, you know, I need to take X amount of hours out of the day to paint or take this amount of time to organize my office or studio, you know, like no one's going to do that for you. So you really have to like advocate for yourself uh, make sure that you kind of like schedule out days for yourself throughout the week. Um, and I think that goes a long way because then you get closer to the goals that you want to get to. Um, you also learn to value your own time. Uh, you, you're going to not say yes to something that you may not want to do, you know? So, right. Yeah, there's one artist I spoke with, Ken, Ken Goshen, and mm-hmm. he's, um, uh, he's very extremely like disciplined kind of guy and uh he was in the military and just kind of has that type of mentality and he uh 
he separates every day and just sticks with it. And so he's like, yeah, Thursdays are like my podcasting, like conversations days. And then Mondays and Wednesdays, I just paint nothing else. And then the other mm. day, video classes or teach people. I think he teaches as well. And uh, or, you know, he has like a lot of videos. So, yeah, basically he separates every day. And a couple of the artists I've spoken to are, have those type of days that mm-hmm. they're like, I don't do anything on those days. I'm terrible at that. I'm the opposite. I'm just like, <laughs> it's like 9 p.m and i'm like i feel this anxiety that i'm like i should be kind of working on something but then i'm not like fully in it and it just kind of like goes and in the mornings i'm I'm much better with that but um i like what you said about the goals definitely having Mm -hmm. writing it down then you come back a year or two later and you're like oh my gosh i did that with a visualization board and Uh did it whenever like 2019 and uh actually made a poster of it from fedex put it on my wall and then at Let's see, I had it there until like April. Bottom line, didn't see it for a while and then found it the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, like quite a few of those things definitely started to come to fruition. Just thinking about them yeah. constantly. It's it's almost like a life hack. You're like, OK, well, I just write right. down, find more photos, whatever. But... <laughs> awesome. Man. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, uh, if people wanted to find out more about you or to contact you, how can they do that? Yeah, um, you guys can find me on Instagram um, and uh, also on my website, just my first and last name, giangianini.com. Uh, that'll have a link to my store and also a contact page there. So. Awesome. Perfect. And I'll have mm-hmm. a link in the description, of course. But man, I really thank you for uh, hopping on this call, chatting. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Definitely. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, man. Yeah. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.